0: Betches Media presents
1: Ha ha, laugh, funny
0: Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast
1: We don't say that, but now we said it
0: With me, Dylan Hafer we'll
1: go check, me
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I am Dylan Hafer and we are, you know, barreling through this post-BravoCon week As you can hear, my voice has um has deteriorated since yesterday but we are going to just power through like crystal at the real housewives of beverly hills panel i'm not going to let a little bit of a uh, scratchy voice get me down because we have we have things to talk about namely real housewives of salt lake city another (laughs) chaotic bizarre sort of befuddling episode some of the things happening with this cast i just don't quite understand but this was an interesting episode to watch hot on the heels of BravoCon because I don't think on yesterday's episode I talked much about the cast of Salt Lake City. But they were there. And I I have some, you know, I'm in my body language expert bag today because I feel like there is some important kind of context for the cast of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So first of all, at BravoCon this year, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City did not have a cast panel. They were one of the only major shows not to have a dedicated panel. And this came in the wake of last year, if you recall, because Jen Shaw was not there. Uh, There were just, it was just the four of them at the panel. It was uh, Lisa, Heather, Whitney, Meredith. And it was a fucking mess. Karamo was the moderator. Bless his heart. I don't think he watched the show. It was just back and forth, bicker, bicker, bicker. Jen Shaw was the you know nine hundred pound gorilla in the room that they couldn't talk about. It was it was a mess. It wasn't. um, It was extremely compelling to watch, but I don't think that is really the (laughs) the vibe that Bravo wants to cultivate at these panels. Um, they like to keep things a little bit more light and entertaining. Um, and so I think with that in mind, and also due to the fact that they have not yet filmed their reunion for season four, they didn't have a panel this year. They were all there except Mary Cosby. I think probably the right decision was made to not bring her to BravoCon. But Monica was there. Angie was there. The the OG four were there. And they were kind of in a lot of different assortments throughout the weekend. You know, because they didn't have that cast panel, they were uh, they were split up a little bit doing press, by which I mean Monica did her press alone. I believe Meredith also did her press alone. And then the other four, so Angie, Lisa, Whitney, Heather, did their press together. And Monica being alone seemed to be a theme of the weekend. If you've been paying attention on social media, it seems clear that something has happened to make pretty much the entire cast not want to spend time with her, or even really be seen with her, or take a photo with her, or walk down the press line together. It definitely feels like there has been a shift where what we're watching in the season right now, we're, you know, probably a little past halfway. You know, she's a little bit of a controversial figure, but Angie is still entertaining a friendship with her. She's being invited to Whitney's events. Uh, You know, she and Meredith have perhaps some sort of friendship going on. The only person in the cast as of right now who really doesn't mess with her is Lisa. Lisa. So that is something that I'm going to be very curious to see over the second half of this Salt Lake season, is what happens to make Monica kind of this outlier of the group, because it has to be something. And I, I've you know I've heard an inkling that it might have to do with that phone call that Heather Gay gets in the season trailer, um, and I don't know the details of that. I don't I don't know anything concrete, uh, but it definitely seems like there has to be something. And I found something else interesting. If you go to Monica's Instagram account, she has a link in her profile to an account that is at officially persona non grata. And looking at this account, so it's like, it's it's in her bio. It's like, okay, so this is where people normally are putting their, brands and, you know, side hustles and, you know, coconut water and whatnot. So this account, you go, it's uh Persona Non Grata by Monica Nikki Garcia for anyone that's ever felt unwelcome. And the profile picture is just this um, sort of gold, beige background that just says unwelcome in all caps in black letters. So this account has... 288 followers as of right now three posts and it's a private account so this is giving she's working on something she's doing merch she's doing a candle she's doing jewelry as whitney would say skincare perhaps monica garcia is cooking up something and it feels like this is this is just a hypothesis. It feels like this unwelcome persona non grata branding could be sort of like a clapback to her cast not wanting anything to do with her. I don't know if that's true, but it it feels like the kind of thing a housewife would do. But overall, I'm very intrigued to see where this season goes because right now, Watching the show and talking to a lot of people who are watching the show, Monica is having a pretty standout first season. She's consistently bringing the drama week to week. Her mom has been a fascinating side character to add to the show. I think she's one of those people where because she doesn't have the, the money and the lavish possessions that some of the other women do, she's a little bit more relatable, but she also kind of you know, fits right into this world where she's, you know, yelling at a 13-year-old's birthday party and then later in the same episode at a sound bath. She kind of feels like she has all of the right puzzle pieces to be a really great housewife. And so the fact that right now I think she's getting a lot of love from the fans, but the cast doesn't want anything to do with her, that is like another notch in the belt of, oh, something must have gone down. Suffice it to say, you know, let's circle back on this because I have a feeling in a few weeks things will have changed.
1: honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Honey's shape your life with honey love.
0: But this episode, we, it really is all about Monica and Angie and Lisa. This bizarre trio of, People who don't want to spend time together. Because Angie has now somehow found herself caught in the middle between Monica and Lisa, which is so random considering that just a, a few short weeks ago in Palm Springs, Angie and Monica didn't want anything to do with each other. It was, you know, bad vibes central in Palm Springs. But now they're meeting up at a cute little cake shop and they're eating their little pieces of cake together. It's is this something that people do? I mean, I love a dessert. Like I'll grab like a a little ice cream or even a, a cookie to go. Walking into a place and sitting down with a slice of cake is not something that I have experienced, but the cake looks good. I I would love a tiramisu right now. I haven't eaten yet today. It's like it's the morning. That's, that's normal. But I could go for like a cold slice of cake for breakfast right now. That is one of my favorite things. Just that that leftover cake, you pull it out of the fridge, you have it for breakfast. Okay, now I, <laughs> I might need to hit pause on this recording so I can go um, scout out a slice of cake. But no, anyway, so Angie brings Monica a cute little book for her kids about loving yourself And, you know, they're kind of they're kind of doing an olive branch thing right now. So it's like, you know, Angie feels bad that Monica thought that she was blah, 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 blah. And Monica just wants her to know that when she was talking about the rumors about Angie's husband being gay, she did it because to her, that's being a good friend. And Angie's like, "Uh, well, you were also like making jokes about him being good in bed, according to Lisa. And Monica's like, no, 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 that's not what I said. I was making jokes about him having boyfriends and then the, they roll the tape and it's like she was saying that the boyfriends were like bragging about their sex life. So it's like, a, you know, we're parsing words here, but um, somebody said something and, you know, Angie is pretending to be as upset as she thinks is appropriate. But Monica just doesn't like this thing that everything Lisa says is doctrine. That if if Monica hears one thing from, from Lisa, then, then everybody's going to think it's the truth and it's not the truth. And she's talking about how her mom really only started coming around after she got divorced. But they always fight when she comes around. So she's always like, why did I invite her? In the preview, there's this very alarming thing of like Linda, LD Millionaire, my favorite uh, Twitter handle. She's like showing up in the Range Rover that she took back from Monica while the kids are inside. And they're like, go out there and lock the door. I don't know what that's about, but I, I don't feel good about it. This situation—it really feels like it's spiraling into a dark place, but you know it can't get too dark because we have a thirteenth birthday to celebrate. And for for Bobby Rose's thirteenth birthday, she and Justin get her a golf cart. Is this a thing? Is this a Utah thing? Is this an anywhere thing? Like, I—is it legal for a thirteen-year-old to drive a golf cart? She's like Whitney is explaining this like. She's going to help. She can take Brooks to school. She can run errands. She can be my Uber ride. I'm like, babe, it's not a car. Where are you? How far? Is she going on the highway in this? Are there seatbelts? I know she doesn't have a driver's license when she's 13. What are the rules? I don't think Whitney and Justin live at a country club where the school is just like up the road. Even then, She's 13. This is crazy to me. I just, I i i don't know what to say. Do, do we give 13-year-olds golf carts? If I hypothetically have children someday and my hypothetical son or daughter turns 13 and I give them like a, a, a PlayStation or something, are they going to be like, well, thanks, I guess. I really wanted a golf cart. All my friends are getting golf carts. Is that something I have to worry about? I probably am not going to have kids, but just in in theory, weigh in in uh, in a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Would you get your thirteen year old a golf cart, or have you? If you have, and it's gone well for you, I would love I would love a testimonial. <laughs> it, it, this just was wild to me. This is something I've never heard of, and it's something that I it didn't even occur to me was a possibility. But. Lisa and Whitney are talking about Monica's situation with her mom. And this is kind of the theme of the episode, that Lisa has a lot of thoughts about Monica's situation with her mom and Monica's treatment of her mom and whether or not Monica is telling the truth when she's talking about her situation with her mom. And I got to be honest, Lisa does seem a little bit obsessed with whatever is happening with Monica and her mother, Linda. Because I understand. Look, if you're at that Easter brunch, that was a bizarre vibe. Things went south. Things went left. Uh, things went down the stairs, according to you know, Twitter. That was a very off-putting situation to be in. And if it was your first experience of seeing Monica and her mom together, I understand how you could be like, wow, it doesn't seem like she has a great relationship with her mom. Maybe she should be a little more respectful to her sure but it feels like now we are a little ways past that other things have happened it just seems like it would be wise for lisa to just take a little step back and to say you know what this doesn't concern me and also i've only seen them interact together once maybe twice i probably don't have all the facts here and you know i i can have my own private thoughts about it but maybe it's not worth it for me to try and get involved. But instead, Lisa's talking to Whitney and calling Monica's situation, quote, conveniently abusive, and that Lisa doesn't think Monica is sincere about anything, so that she is automatically just putting no value in whatever Monica says about her mom. And I think it's it's important that Whitney's kind of pushing back on this, you know, it feels like, you know, Angie's pushing back on it. The fact that Lisa is getting resistance from multiple people in the cast about this idea of Monica essentially lying about her situation with her, with her mom, I think kind of sing- signals that Lisa is kind of taking this in a direction that is a little bit misguided, at least. Meanwhile, Heather is still frustrated about what's going on with her and Lisa and Lisa's son and Lisa's son's mission. And I'm sorry. I, I I just, I think Heather is being a little unrealistic here. And I understand it never feels great to find out that there was a brunch that you weren't invited to. But I also think that Lisa's position on this sort of makes sense when you are Going on a mission, like it seems like the whole thing is that you're kind of like committing to being a good Mormon, and so that maybe inviting the author of Bad Mormon to that party is is not exactly the uh, the vibe you want to cultivate. And I get it. I I see why Heather f- has feelings about it because you know she's she's on this journey. She doesn't want to call it a journey. It's a journey. It's tough. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of history. A lot of stuff is getting dredged up. But I get it. I get I it just makes sense. Bobby's party is cute though. It's at a roller rink, but it's Hawaiian themed, I guess. Um, Wh- Whitney is like, it's so crazy seeing my daughter get glammed. And I just think that's something that we didn't used to have. You know, back in the day, when a girl was having her thirteenth birthday party, the most glam you were gonna do is going to what was it Libby Lou in the mall where they did those makeover birthday parties like the with like the tinsel in the hair and like the pop star microphone and like some glitter eyeshadow I feel like that was getting glammed <laughs> when I was a kid and now it's like oh no like mommy's going to give you her makeup artist for the afternoon but I do love Bobby Bobby's a great housewives kid um, I hope she has a happy birthday And D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. We do find out that John Barlow did his mission in Las Vegas. And having just come back from Las Vegas, and if you listened to yesterday's episode, then you know that I am just the biggest fan of the city of Las Vegas. I know that when you are on your mission, you are specifically not there to drink or party or kind of, you know, take in the all that Vegas has to offer. But the idea of being stuck there for two years, I don't want to be stuck there for two days. And I imagine that part of when you are sent to the Las Vegas mission is probably like going down to the Strip and trying to find some sinners in the Sin City and, you know, enlighten them about the word of Heavenly Father. Can you imagine? Actually, while I was in Vegas, right... (laughs) It was a great, it was a great picture because I'm walking past the Paris where they have the fake Arc de Triomphe with Lisa Vanderpump's face plastered on the side. And then to the other side of me is one of those guys with like the megaphone about how you should repent your sins and like, you know, Jesus Christ X, Y, Z. So I'm imagining, (laughs) I'm imagining John Barlow, like where that guy was just being like, guys, don't go to the casino. Don't, don't gamble your, don't, don't gamble your money when you could be, you know, playing for the love of, (laughs) I don't know. It just sounds terrible. God, two years in Vegas. I hope they get like, I hope they get paid extra. I don't think they get paid at all. Do they get paid at all? I feel like that's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let me, uh let me save the rest of my thoughts about that. But in the meantime, at this birthday party, Angie tells Lisa that Heather is annoyed about the announcement brunch. Heather tells Monica that Lisa is saying stuff about her relationship with her mom. And this is when Monica sort of starts to get a little more activated about Lisa. She's saying, my name stays in her mouth. She can choke on it. I can't imagine being middle-aged and so bitter. The way that Monica weaponizes age in this group. When I believe she said in the premiere that she's like 37, 38, something like that. She's what, like 10 years younger than these women? I I just think it's so it's so strange when adult people, it's not a, this isn't a women thing. When adults are like hypersensitive of other people's ages. I remember when a few years ago, I went on a date with a guy who was like five years older than me. You know, like I'm in, I was in my, I guess, mid twenties at this point. He was maybe 30, not, not more than like a handful of years older than me. And it's like, he wouldn't stop making comments about how young I was and how, Oh, you know, you probably don't remember this. Or, oh, I'm so, oh God, I'm so much older than you. I can't believe how how much older I am than you. And I'm like, first of all, if you can't believe how young I am, why are you on a date with me? And second of all, we're not even that far apart in age. We, like, we watched the same movies. We both like Britney Spears. Like, get get a grip. And I do think that, Monica, this is not a productive Angle for Monica to take if she wants to come after Lisa Barlow. I feel like there are just way better angles. Like I don't. I'm not even like, hey, let's all be friends, let's all get along. I'm like, come up with a better thing. Which, to be fair, Lisa is also not the most amazing at um <laughs> at the comebacks because later at at Le- at Whitney's jewelry party. They're going back and forth, and it is—it is really a lot. The way that these two women are fighting across Angie K, while Whitney is giving her big jewelry speech, standing on top of that speaker, it is so weird. Lisa goes to w- vent to Whitney in the middle of her event, and she's like, "Girl, I'm busy. I gotta go take orders. I gotta do my speech." Then they're bickering back and forth. Somebody needs attention. It's just so weird, and it reminded me of during the the last Roni season at Aaron's vow renewal when the women just like didn't want to pay attention during her vows. That was like the the low stakes, like silly version of that. This is like the Are you guys okay? Can, and can you please go the fuck like Can you shut up or go outside or something? Lisa tells Monica that, you know, based on what what she saw, Monica isn't nice to her mother. And this is the thing. So Angie says that she's judging Monica based on her words. She's listening to what she's saying and she's believing her. Whereas Lisa says that she's choosing to go off of her actions and what she's seen with her own two eyes, which, as we know, was the shit show at the Easter brunch. Monica says that based on what she saw, Lisa likes minions. And this is... Whitney just, Whitney's in the middle of the sound bath. She goes, Lisa Barlow, shh. <laughs> oh, Lisa's like, I just want to enjoy the sound bowl. And that's when Monica says, yeah, you should, because old people need it. She says, at least I'm natural. I don't look like Pillsbury Dough Girl. And it's a little unclear whether she's talking about Monica or Angie. I, f- It's like Monica thinks she's talking about Angie, but I think Lisa was probably talking about Monica. But also (laughs) the fact that when Monica makes the old comment and Angie's like, hey, that's hurtful because I'm older than Lisa. And Lisa's like, yeah, and so are Heather and Meredith. Like Lisa's the second youngest one in the group. I guess Whitney is younger, but like, come on. This just illustrates my point that this age thing doesn't work when you're, when everybody else in the cast is around the same age and you're the young one. If anything, they're going to make jokes about your age. But Monica says, Lisa, you're like a tramp stamp. You beg for attention wherever you go. <laughs> and Lisa says, we're playing with the same deck of cards. You play the twos. I play the face cards. <laughs> it's just so stupid. And what's crazy is the these two have gotten so heightened with each other where it feels like they're almost like, it's like, Lisa doesn't want to talk to Monica, but then at the same time, she won't leave her alone. And she's sort of, they're sort of chasing each other down and bickering the whole time and not getting a word in edgewise. And Lisa's angry watching Monica have like one kind moment with, with Angie. She's like, oh my God, look at Angie. She's like giving her a hug. Like, what's going on over there? Like, why is she even giving her the time of day? And it just is, these two women have pretty much nothing real that they're disagreeing about. They're just kinda not getting along. You know, Monica called Whitney privileged or called Lisa privileged and, you know, brought up the sixty thousand dollar ring thing. Like that wasn't a great start. And then Lisa has chosen to have strong feelings about how she perceives Monica's treatment of her mother. But these two women, like don't really have a history together. It's so strange to me that they have gotten to this place where they cannot be in the same space and just keep it chill. And as much as I'm enjoying watching them argue, I'm kind of like, can you do like reel it in just a little bit? Whitney is trying to sell her jewelry with the crystals and the the gems. Can you let her have her moment? Also props to Whitney for hosting two group events in the same episode. That is a lot. That's exhausting. But she got it done. You know, both seem like nice events. You know, it is what it is. Not a lot of Meredith this episode. Not a lot of no Mary this episode. That was interesting. I did hear, uh, I heard Andy make a comment over the weekend about uh, Mary Cosby. And basically he said that, you know she sort of made it clear that she didn't want to be there and that we'll see in the second half of the season that they sort of adjusted accordingly which I'm happy to hear because I it's not that I haven't been entertained at all by Mary this season but I do think at a certain point making a thing out of not wanting to participate in anything is not enough to keep you on a housewives show so I'm you know I'm glad for what we've gotten but it does seem like we will be getting less and I think that is probably for the best because Let's face it these six other women can handle it on their own. There's more than enough going on. There's almost almost too much going on. I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see, you know, it doesn't seem like Lisa and Monica are going to make any inroads for the rest of the season, but I'm curious to see definitely what's going to happen with Monica and the rest of the women. Ooh, there's there's just so much going on right now. I mean, it feels like I came back from BravoCon and now there's like 46 Bravo shows on the air and I'm behind on all of them. But I am going to be, I'm I'm getting caught up on Potomac, exciting stuff coming there. We have Beverly Hills in Miami, back, back, back again. I'm getting caught up on Southern Charm. I got, okay, you guys, I got a few weeks behind on Southern Charm and then I watched a few episodes while I was on the plane. And the... On my flight back from Vegas, I watched the episode where they find out that Olivia's brother died. And I was crying on the plane. Like, <laughs> they they were coming around to take drink orders. And I was like, let me wipe off my face with my sleeve right now so they don't think that I'm, like, in emotional distress, even though I low-key was the way they portrayed that the 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 way it happened with Leva and Vanita at that restaurant and Olivia not showing up and then they get a call from Taylor it was so so sad but also i think so effectively portrayed on the show and i know with something like that it's like the sh- it's not about the show it doesn't it doesn't matter i i liked that they stopped filming pretty much right away they were like yep we can be done and that we've it, it has felt sensitive, you know, how we've seen Olivia in the episodes after that and kind of the way that the whole cast has rallied around her. I I just think it's been a really great couple episodes of TV on top of the fact that this season of Southern Charm was already giving with the drama and with the relationships and all of that. Southern Charm, good show. Who knew? <laughs> I know that the schedule has been kind of hectic. I do I do want to get back to talking about Southern Charm uh before the end of the season, but I I wanted to highlight that I have been catching up and really enjoying it and been honestly really moved by it in a way that I was not expecting. So I I would recommend if you're uh if you're slacking on Southern Charm this season like I was, uh there's, you know, 8 or so episodes now up on Peacock and I would I would recommend that you watch it. But that's, you know, that's the show for today. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, with lots more to talk about. Uh, but in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. If you are, uh, you know, wanting to get more BravoCon content, uh, Instagram is the place to find it. Um, and until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool.
1: Batches.